Welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Before we dive in, I want to talk to you about a really important topic, something that I think doesn't get enough airtime sometimes, and that is about electrolyte balance. Turns out that very often our electrolytes are thrown off for any number of reasons. I find that I have to be really careful about my electrolytes when I'm either doing a lot of sauna, if I happen to be fasting, if I'm on a keto diet, at those times, those are times when people definitely need to bump up their electrolytes. But also when I'm doing big workouts, if you're sweating, if you're feeling tired in the afternoon, especially in the heat, very often we, we feel like dehydrated. We've been drinking lots of water. You've been going to the bathroom a ton, but you still feel dehydrated. Very often that is because your electrolyte balance is off. People will go and reach for some of these nasty solutions. And guess what? You got to be really careful because people jam all kinds of nasty things in electrolytes. They put in added sugar, colors, artificial ingredients, fillers, all kinds of stuff. You want to make sure that your electrolytes are as clean as the water that you're drinking. And the solution to that is Element. Element contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio of 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. My favorite is the watermelon flavor. I mix it up in a big, big bottle of ice cold water, and I just suck that stuff back, and I instantly feel better. You can also very often get rid of headaches, muscle cramps, and just feeling kind of sluggish. So next time you're looking for electrolytes, you're going to want to get your hands on this stuff. And guess what? You're going to be in good company because Element is used by everyone from NBA, NFL, and NHL players, Olympic athletes, Navy SEALs, everyday moms and dads, and exercise enthusiasts, and of course, biohackers. And guess what? Who doesn't love free stuff? For my listeners, you're going to get some free stuff. All you've got to do is go to drinkelement.com forward slash nat, and you will get eight single serving packets free with any order. So once again, just go to drink lmnt.com forward slash nat, place any size order, and you will get eight single serving packs free that will get you to try all their different flavors. And this is totally risk-free. If you just don't happen to like it, no questions asked, you can get your money back. So you really have nothing to lose. All right. Now let's talk about this episode that we've got for you here today. This is going to be a great episode. In this episode, we are going to chat about blood flow restriction, otherwise known as BFR workouts, why they're so beneficial, and some of the simple protocols that you can follow. If you're new to BFR and don't really know what they are, this is a relatively new training method that involves wrapping a cuff or band around either your arms or your legs to restrict blood flow during exercise. And this may sound counterintuitive, but this technique has actually been shown to be highly effective for building muscle and strength, increasing metabolic stress in a hormetic way. We know hormesis, right? Hormesis is good stressors that cause the body to adapt. It also allows your body to recruit more muscle fibers. It reduces joint stress and so much more. And you're going to learn all about it in today's episode. Overall, BFR workouts are a highly effective training method for building muscle and strength particularly for individuals who may have limitations in the amount of weight they can lift or those who want to reduce joint stress during training. 
but it also happens to be incredibly effective for high-performance athletes. So it's amazing when you're short on time and need a quick and effective workout and for when you're traveling and you don't have access to a whole gym, but you want to get some weight training in. I travel with my BFR bands all the time because they're compact. They fit into my bag. They make it really easy for me to get a great workout in a very short period of time. So this is a great topic. As a matter of fact, it's such a great topic. This is the second episode that I'm recording with Steve Muntonis, who is the CEO and co-founder of Katsu, which of course is a BFR company. In this episode, we talk about how Katsu differs from other blood flow restriction products, how Katsu can be effective for pain management and the benefits of using Katsu to increase athletic performance. Plus, we get a little deeper into some of the protocols and discuss different use cases. Steve Minotoni's has a whole line of achievements. And if you missed our first episode together, you're going to want to dial it back to last spring, I think it was, in 2022, where I hosted Steve and his partner. We really just introduced Katsu in that one. But this one, we go a little deeper into the protocol. So Steve Munitonis has a whole line of achievements. But at the World Open Water Swimming Association, he utilized nine years of national team coaching to help shape and promote the new Olympic sport of marathon swimming. This Harvard graduate and certified Katsu master instructor co-founded Katsu Global with Dr. Sato, the Japanese inventor of Katsu, to introduce next-generation Katsu equipment. So for more information on Katsu, just go to katsu.com. And for a special discount for you guys, for my listeners, you can use code NAT10 to save yourself some money. All right. Now, one last sponsor to thank before we jump into the episode. And actually, it's a perfect topic, this sponsor, because we're talking about building muscles. We're talking about building strength and healthy muscles. This next product is all about mitochondrial function in muscles. And particularly, this is a product that supports mitophagy or the flushing out of old damaged mitochondria. You may have heard about this, but maybe you haven't. The compound is called urolithin A. And when I first heard about it, I was really intrigued. It's derived from pomegranate, but it's almost impossible to eat or drink enough pomegranates to get the scientifically proven therapeutic dose without throwing yourself into some kind of a sugar coma. I mean, pomegranates are amazing, but they're very high in sugar. Plus, most of us lack the gut bacteria that's needed to convert those precursors into urolithin A. So this is where MitoPure from Timeline Nutrition comes in. They've created three ways to get your daily dose of 500 milligrams of urolithin A in their product MitoPure. And those three ways are all amazing. They've got an amazingly delicious vanilla protein powder that is my favorite that combines muscle building protein with the cellular energy of MitoPure. They also have a berry powder and a ginger powder. Now, between the berry and the ginger, I got to say the ginger is kind of my favorite, but that's because I really love ginger. These powders really mix beautifully into smoothies or with yogurt for your breakfast or a snack. And finally, they have soft gels that are super convenient for travel. I really love the starter pack because it lets you try all three forms of MitoPure. I have to tell you, I like to have all three on hand because I like to flip between all of them, but that's just me. So MitoPure is the very first product to offer a precise dose of urolithin A to upgrade your mitochondrial function, increase cellular energy, and improve muscle strength and endurance. And they have 10 years of research to back up this product, plus a bunch of studies done on humans. We're not just talking mice here. We've got studies on humans. So you got to check out their website. So all you have to do is go to timelinenutrition.com and you're going to want to go to timelinenutrition.com forward slash nat10 and use code nat10 because as a listener of this podcast, you're going to get 10% off your order. You're also going to get to read about all that research. So once again, timelinenutrition.com forward slash nat10 
and use code NAT10 to get 10% off your order. Now, thank you so much for being here. You guys know how much I appreciate you, how much I love to hear from you guys. Please keep the comments and the questions coming. You know where to find me. That's on Facebook in the Optimizing Superhuman Performance Group, or even better, in my membership community on Mighty Networks, which is the BSP community. You can find me there. To go to find the BSP community, you'll want to go to natnidham.com. That's my website. And at the top, there's a little tab that says BSP community. Just click on that, and then you'll find out what your options are for joining the BSP group on Mighty Networks. You can also join my newsletter, which is how you keep up with all the things that I'm doing. I've got a retreat coming up this fall. I've got a bunch of places where we can meet. There's KetoCon coming up at the end of April in Austin, Texas. I'll be at the Health Optimization Summit in London in June. If you happen to be in Europe, I'll also be at the Upgrade Labs conference in Orlando. Although that one I'm not presenting, I am speaking at the other two on bioregulator peptides. Anyway, suffice to say, lots of chances for us to connect. Now, if you get value from this episode, make sure that you share it with your friends, your family, and your network. And also, if you're loving it, make sure that you leave us a review. And now without a second more delay, let's get into the episode. Enjoy. Hey folks, just a quick reminder that all of the information presented in this podcast is for information purposes only. No medical advice, no diagnosing, no treatments suggested here. Before you try anything that you hear about or learn about here, make sure that you check with your medical provider. Welcome back to the podcast, Steve Munitonas. It is such a pleasure to have you back here today. I'm so excited about this conversation. Yes, me too. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, you know, it's funny, you get to know people, we saw each other at Upgrade Labs in person. So now, you know, we've had some personal conversations. It's all amazing. So, you know, it's funny, ever since the first podcast came out, and guys, if you didn't hear the first podcast we recorded for Katsu, go back to episode 95, did I say? I think it's 95 on May 10th of this year, 2022. We recorded a great podcast, a really good intro to Katsu, what it's all about, the history of Katsu. So we're not going to go over that today. We're, this is the Katsu 2.0 episode. We're taking it to the next level. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to jump right in, right? So, But the only thing I think maybe we should start with is the distinction between Katsu and other blood flow restriction products, because there's always questions about that. People are always saying, well, I have this or that or the other band, or I just wrap a tourniquet around my arm. Like, what's the difference? And I think that it's it's a it's a nuance, but it's a very important nuance for people to understand. Yeah. So the, there are basically three areas. One is research. Second is the equipment itself. And the third is the protocols. And the protocols are based on the research and the equipment itself. Um We actually did, and I studied for um, 13 years before we even launched Katsu um, with a team of cardiologists. And the reason why is Katsu and our patent reflexes is actually a means to strengthen your vascular tissue, increase the elasticity of vascular tissue. As a result, you can build muscle. As a result, you can uh, do all kinds of things, enhance rehabilitation, et cetera. But at the very fundamental basis, the reason why Dr. Sato and these cardiologists got together was because they saw the blood pooling that occurs in the limbs, your arms or legs, as a means to actually increase the elasticity of your capillary veins and arteries. Now, that's the that's the catalyst for 
all kinds of bio, uh, biochemical reactions to happen in your brain and within the actual vascular system. So that's a very radical fundamental difference between BFR, blood flow restriction, which is primarily a muscle building modality and also used for rehabilitation and katsu, which is we have a, a variety of applications, but at the very essence of our patent and our research was how do we actually increase the elasticity of your capillaries, veins, and arteries? So that's that's one. The second is the equipment. Now, we've got arteries that are going into the limb and veins that are coming out. So every time your heart beats, the blood is pushed uh, to the arms or your legs, and then it flows back out. We had to develop a system where we would allow the arterial flow, so the flow from your torso to your limbs, to continue unimpeded, no impact there, it goes just normal. But we had to figure out a way that the venous flow, so the flow back from your hands and feet back to your torso, is slowed down temporarily. And that was not an easy uh, thing to do. Uh, it was not an easy thing to do because as, as you see with my band on my arm and your band on, on your arm, we had to do a system that was easy for people to actually move their limbs. And so it took years for us to figure out a way to construct these bands that allowed the arterial flow to go in and the venous flow to slow down during our process. So that was the second biggest change. So some people say, well, BFR is a lot less expensive. And that is true. And the reason why is because each of our bands has to be sewn in a certain way. So the uh, uh, arterial flow is not un unimpeded. It's, it's a rather laborious process to make this happen. And remember, when we were working with the cardiologists, and if you can imagine what what demographic group goes to cardiologists are usually people in their fifties with heart issues. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so our research was based on work that we had done with older people with cardiac issues. So we had to be very, very careful in everything we did. That's why it was many decades of, of uh, practical clinical research. We stacked that, um, where we stack the construction of the bands, the actual designs of the bands and the equipment itself upon that. And then based on those two things, we have certain protocols and we have a variety of protocols, how to use your bands safely and effectively for a wide variety of people. Again, in the beginning, in that 10 year research period, we uh, studied 12 over a little over 12,000 patients, mostly older and when you study a, a, a demographic group of over 12,000 people, they have all kinds of issues, everything mm -hmm. from arthritis to back pain, to migraine headaches, to a serious cardiovascular issues. Mm -hmm. uh, some people smoke, some people drink, some people um, have had car accidents. So we had to be very careful in our protocols, not to work with the elite athletes, Again, if you think of who elite athletes are, they're young, they're fit, they're active. You know, working with those people, working with the 18 to 25 year olds without cardiac 
act issues uh, without um, arthritis. To build muscle is quite easy. To do the same thing in your 80s and 90s is much more revolutionary. So the long answer to your short question is <laughs> research, the equipment, the design, and the protocols are ways that we differentiate Katsu with other BFR products. That's great. Thank you. That's helpful. But one other term that I I've I don't know if I was on your website or I heard you use somewhere, but it was about, and maybe it's also a nuance about how people should be thinking about this modality. And that is the engorgement of the muscle instead of cutting blood flow off. Like I think the temptation for people is to like, okay, I'm starving the muscle of of any nutrients or, and I'm making it work under stress, which I mean, we're, you are making, we are getting it to work under stress. It's a hormetic stressor, which is something that is going to challenge the body to rise up, which is going to give us a benefit. But the idea of engorging the muscle versus depriving the muscle, I think it's, again, it's a, it's a little tweak that is, that is important. Yeah. So uh, that actually goes back to the origins of katsu. Katsu is a is a Japanese word uh, made out of two uh, two characters, and the first character is additional, and the second character is pressure. Additional mm-hmm. pressure is frankly what katsu means in English. Nothing in that term and nothing in our research had anything to do with restriction. Before mm-hmm. was an uh, was an uh, American-made term, uh, acronym. And if you just think of the the nuances of restriction, yeah. that leads a lot of people to believe that you're restricting blood going into the limb. You add upon that the fact that a lot of the BFR companies use either blood pressure cuffs mm-hmm. or some kind of modified tourniquet in itself, which modified uh, tourniquets or blood pressure cuffs, their entire reason for being is to restrict the arterial flow into the arm. Yeah, This was never the intention and never the goal and never the, the reason for being for Katsu. Katsu is just additional pressure, slight pressure at that to allow blood to go in normally. And then it slowed back temporarily for 30 seconds. So blood goes in and it's slowed down. And what I mean by slowed down is you can actually see the, on the palm of your hand or your legs, your skin gets slightly pink. Mm -hmm. That means is the blood is going in. It's filling up all of those small areas in your capillaries that you, that you would fill up anyway. Let's say if you, you ran a hard, um, uh, you ran up a hill, quickly, or you did a bunch of burpees or push-ups, or you swam or you rode, the blood is, is engorging, filling up all of the capillaries in your uh, system, Mm -hmm. your vascular system. That is the catalyst for this biochemical reactions to occur. It's actually when we have blood in the limb that COTS starts to work. It's not keeping the blood out of the limb. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is, you're very right. The nuance between Katsu additional pressure and BFR with the, the, the focus on restriction means that you've got one arm that is engorged with blood and the other uh, means is, is at least temporarily restricting the blood going in. Now, 
When you do slight movement, and slight movement can be opening and closing your hands, it could be uh, wiggling your toes, it could be writing on a keyboard. When that happens, the blood that's in the limb at that time uh, becomes slightly deoxygenated. Right, you're using it up. Yeah. Yes, and so then, then, then the body, uh, the the muscles in the limb get a little bit hypoxic, and that is another catalyst for all of these reactions to occur. And so it's basically a lot of blood in, mm -hmm. a little bit of movement leads to a, a robust hormonal response. Okay, so let's talk a bit about those hormonal responses. And then we can basically say, and now if you decide you're going to do something a little more intense, and depending on the person, you're going to do something a bit more intense than, you know, supinating or pronating your hand or making a fist and releasing or typing or whatever the case may be. As you amp that up, the demands on the muscle increase, and therefore the physiological response is also going to increase. But but maybe let's, I mean, even though this is a little bit covering old ground, what are those hormonal responses from the body in response to this restriction, if you will, of nutrients and, and outflow? So because our initial research was on uh, quite weak individuals, they had cardiac issues, um, we couldn't do a lot of movement. Mm -hmm. So even lifting weights, using some kind of resistance was not in their wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. So many of these people just literally just sat. <laughs> we had some slight movement, let's yeah. say moving their fingers a little bit or moving their toes. When that occurs with the uh, vascular tissue engorged in blood, one of the molecules that is released or is produced as a result of that is beta endorphin. Mm -hmm. Beta endorphin is one. That's, that's why we see a lot of uh, pain mitigation with amputees. Now, if you do something a little more vigorous, let's say opening and close your hands or, or squeezing um, your, your upper body or lower body, let's say in an isometric hold, if you will, let's say yeah. pushing your hands together or pulling your hands apart, then you're actually creating lactate in the muscle. And that is sending a signal up to your brain, up to the pituitary gland that sits behind your eyeball. And then that actually reduces another molecule, growth hormone. With growth hormone comes stuff like uh, IGF-1, insulin growth factor, but also within the vascular tissue itself, as it expands and contracts, expands and contracts. And imagine, uh, Natalie, you and I just sitting here without the katsubans on, and we're sitting, talking, our, our vascular tissue would expand and contract normally. But now, if we sit here with the katsubans, and now our vascular tissue is even more engorged in blood, yeah. it's actually expanding a little bit more than normal. It's overstretching almost. Overstretching, correct. And what that leads to is stuff like uh, VEGF, uh, mm -hmm. vascular endothelial growth factor, uh, nitric oxide. We have more, more uh, uh, relatively unknown uh, things such as plasmodogens and ceramides. Those are, are different molecules that help the, the uh, cell wall um, repair itself. Um, yeah. And you don't need to have a, a major injury. It could just be the regular cell uh, regeneration of, of our skin or our hair or fingernails, et cetera. So those are some of the um, 
uh, things that we we found in the course of this long um, decades of research. And and basically what we did is we just would uh, have a subject or a patient in the hospital and we would take their blood sample. They would do a little bit of katsu, a variety of different um, applications. And then we take the blood sample afterwards and we would compare the blood before and the blood after. And in uh, one particular case, I I don't remember if we talked about this, is um, we actually took blood samples over a 24 hour period because we knew that, you know, there would be growth hormone, IGF-1, nitric oxide, et cetera, being produced. We didn't know the, the volume and when it would be produced and when it would tailor off, uh, taper off. Mm -hmm. And so we've done a variety of things to understand, um, what, how the body reacts to katsu. And then based on that, For example, we saw that if you did moderate exercise, moderate exercise, and that could be unweighted bicep curls or some kind of um, isometric push or isometric uh, pull, um, we found that um, the human growth hormone would actually peak between 15 and uh, 12 and 15 minutes uh, later. Uh, We found out there was a similar kind of uh, progression of the the maximum uh, production and then the the tapering off with beta endorphins, et cetera. So what does that mean? That means you can take an athlete, someone who's going to be on a podcast, someone who's going to make a major speech. And if you are thinking about how can I maximize the beta endorphins for this TED talk that I'm going to be giving, well, then we know more or less you should do katsu cycles are one of our protocols 15 to 20 minutes before you get on stage. So when you walk on stage, you've got this rush of beta endorphins in you. You're feeling good. You're right on target. And, and that could be applied to an athlete who's Mm -hmm. going to be in a game or going up to Olympic finals, et cetera. So we did very basic research of how the body responds uh, by blood samples, a variety of other tests um, in Japan, China, and elsewhere. And then we took that basic research and made practical applications for the person at home, at work, or let's say on the field of play. Wow, that's amazing. That's that's so interesting. So now we know a little bit about the what's going on behind the scenes, as it were. Before we started this podcast, you were talking about how something really interesting has come up with amputees and katsu so you know before we get into you know how are we going to build more muscle this that i mean that is a fascinating outcome that that you've touched on and and how many and i mean just war veteran amputees there are how many in the u.s oh there's uh the total number that's being actually um uh, treated by va hospitals is forty thousand. the total number actually in the united states population, um, and we're talking about civilian and military, yeah. is well, I think it's 1.2 million. Yeah, so and this forecasted is- to go up to 3.6 in the, over the next few decades. Holy jumping. Um, okay, so what are the issues that these people see? And, and oh, actually, I wanted to say one last thing, you mentioned uh, plasmologens increasing. Guys, by the time you listen to this podcast, the podcast I'm going to mention, it will be long gone. But it's just yesterday on December 6th, 
I recorded a podcast, I released a podcast with Dayan Goodenow, whose entire research is predicated on plasmologens. And I know that you has said in the past that one of the benefits of katsu is for cognitive health. And a lot of that, of course, we would attribute naturally to improved blood flow to the brain. But Dan's uh, research shows that there's a very distinct correlation between having healthy plasmologen levels and developing cognitive issues down the road. So how interesting that there might be more than one mechanism at play here for katsu supporting brain health. Absolutely. I mean, Dr. Uh, Goodenow actually has done a, a, a good amount of, of analysis of katsu, of, of uh, the body's reaction to katsu. Um, he, he and his colleagues were the ones who actually informed me about plasmologens. I, I had no idea of what plasmologens were. And they, they, uh, the first time I went into their lab and they you know, I, I put on the bands, they did the blood test before and after, then they did their very sophisticated analyses. They came back and they said, uh, we have to do this again, because like what you did just sitting there and mm -hmm. the before and after effects were not anything that they had encountered in their careers. And so they, I think Dr. Goodnow, his colleagues tested 385 different uh, biomarkers. Um, and of course, when these uh, educated <laughs> individuals use, I'll use ceramides or plasmologens or NO, etc. They will actually use the actual chemical name. And uh, they had to take me through, you know, chemistry 101 for me to understand what they were doing. But yes, they're, 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 the research that Katsu is doing right now is, again, a little very unlike BFR um, research. BFR research is, is very practical based because we believe there are many things that are going in, happening inside our bodies as a result of katsu because of our observations. Mm -hmm. You had mentioned uh, amputees, which I'll explain yeah, a, we a get back later. To yeah. When we observed how an amputee or how a, um, a quadriplegic or paraplegic, how their body interacts and how their body reacts to katsu, then we observe what happens. And then we ask the question, why did that occur? Why does that amputee have less uh, uh, phantom pain? What is what is the reason why that? It, it, didn't, it doesn't happen a quarter of the time. It doesn't happen half of the time. It happens 100% of the time. So we have to understand our research is like, okay, why is that happening? What's the mechanism? Uh, and then once we understand why that's happening, then we take the next step and then we make a recommendations to, let's say the, the quadriplegic or paraplegic amputee. Why don't you do this? And they do that and they go, oh, that's great. So that's the way we, we sort of uh, analyze the opportunities and, and challenges of Katsu users. I love it. All right, so let's go back to our VAs and um, and what 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 how this un unfolded for you and what you've learned, which we've kind of let the cat out of the bag already. But yeah, let's go back and elucidate on that a little bit. Okay, so we do work with a lot of um, we call them special operators, so known as you know Navy SEALs, Army Rangers, uh, special operators. Also, um, they, they call them. Uh, um, field operators in, in the three-letter agencies, uh, CIA, FBI, et cetera. 
Uh, and all of these individuals have very specific roles um, that they do and, and places that they go. And so in the case of the um, uh, unfortunate, the, the people who do become uh, amputees because of a, a wound at war or, or some other uh, accident, they have neuropathic pain and then phantom pain. So they have pain at the stump mm-hmm. where their stump is. And then they, they have phantom pain, the, the pain that, you know, they don't have a hand, but they feel the, the pain in their hand. And, um, and so when we realize this, um, and when we first started to do katsu on these individuals, obviously they would be missing a limb. Um, some of the people had a, let's say below, uh, uh, above or below the, the joint amputation. And some were very high up either on the arm right or leg. Shoulder. Yeah, And so we had known when we had worked with uh, paraplegics or quadriplegics that we can affect change. Let's say someone um, uh, could not move their legs for because of an accident or a wounded war. Well, we know that we can affect change by simply using katsu on the arms. Mm-hmm. So when we were working with amputees, let's say, one individual without an arm, we would simply put what we call single limb katsu only on one arm. And we would ask the individual to do some kind of movement, let's say just shoulder uh, presses or some kind of stretching. And let's say one arm was a normal arm and the second arm had a, had a stump. And we would ask them, what do you feel? And they go, Oh, like (laughs) I, I feel that my my stump was getting a workout. In wow. fact, it was getting a workout. But for them to say, I only have a band on one arm, and for them to realize the crossover effect mm-hmm. was quite quite revolutionary, quite satisfying for the user. Mm-hmm. And so when we, we continued to work, because uh, with the Department of Defense being one of our customers, there are many, many uh, examples of these people with, you know, missing limbs. And so the more we we uh, used katsu on these individuals, the more they appreciated, the more they told their fellow amputees, and, and that's where we are now. And the basic um, uh, mechanism is, uh, I mentioned before, the uh, beta endorphin. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite often, most many people uh, understand beta endorphins as something that uh, is a result or or causes a runner's high. Oh, yeah. you you run and and you feel good, and that's absolutely true. Well, the beta endorphin is actually yes, it is a happy hormone, if you will. But in fact, what it does is it it suppresses the pain yeah. in in the body, and and that's why a lot of the the individuals were feeling a lot of significant reduction either in the phantom pain and the stump pain now it didn't go to zero Mm -hmm. but when you're in you know on scale from one to ten when you're constantly at a eight nine and ten and you either have to take pain medications or or you know drown it because of drugs or drink or anything um and, and we can reduce that amount of pain that they feel and have. Well, then down comes the pain medications, down comes the alcohol consumption, et cetera. And so it, it's been a recent, relatively recent um, 
example of how we've taken the basics of katsu and adapted it for specific um, uh, uh, you know, demographic groups. And, and when we see what we call the katsu smile, um, we often see a katsu smile after someone has done a workout. We, we learn that that was one effect of the beta endorphins. But when we see that same smile on an amputee, that is tremendous, of tremendous value, not only to the individual, to their family members or those who are around them. Uh, you know, when you have someone, a colleague, a family member, a friend, a neighbor who's in pain, mm-hmm. you know, you know they're in pain. And if there's almost nothing you can do to relieve the pain except maybe hand them a, you know, help them out, talk to them, et cetera. But when they can do katsu and you see their grimace and their face turn to a smile, that's what makes working at katsu very, very uh, satisfying. No kidding. No kidding. And so how long does the relief last? So is it is it just while they're using it? Or is it something that kind of the more they do it, the longer lasting it is? Do, do you have that kind of data yet? Yeah. So uh, uh, our hormonal system is very uh, cyclic. You know, mm-hmm. it, it goes up, it goes up and down. So you do have to continue cuts. It isn't like, uh, and it's a common question. Uh, people say, well, if can I do katsu for a week? And then I'm going to feel no more pain in my in my stuff. Unfortunately, I, I wish that were true, but it isn't true. And so quite often, once people, whether they have arthritis, whether they they fell on a, on a cycling accident, what have you, once they understand that you can put the bands on your arms or legs and you could go about your daily work, whether it's pounding out an email, washing dishes, um, uh, washing your car, brushing your teeth, putting on your makeup, whatever it is, once they understand how they can incorporate katsu in their life, and we call that double stacking. Sure. So I'm going to brush my teeth regardless. There's, uh, I wake up, we'll, we'll go, we'll rinse our mouth. What a great opportunity to put the katsu bands on and do this motion because mm-hmm. I have literally just done a workout. And if you're an amputee, you're going to brush your teeth too, yeah. depending on, you know, what limbs you, which you do have. And so that's a great opportunity to put the bands on and this incorporation of katsu into your daily lifestyle for someone who is seeing a significant reduction in the pain. It's a no brainer. They're going to do it every day, twice a day, but unfortunately, you know, the pain comes back. Mm-hmm. So then they you throw on the bands and yeah. we have, we have users um, three, four times a day, yeah. but it isn't like they're taking their time out of their day mm-hmm. to do katsu in yeah. the course of the day. They are simply putting the bands on and, and uh, experiencing that pain relief. Well, and virtually going about their business, right? So yeah. so let me ask you this. So what about someone, and I mean, this is getting into the weeds a little bit on the amputee, but if an amputee is a double amputee, let's say they, they've lost both arms. I've My understanding is katsu benefits typically are systemic. You can put them on yeah. your arms, you're going to get a whole body benefit. You put them on your legs, you get a whole body benefit. You have like incredible videos of uh, I remember there's one athlete who broke his, he broke his shoulder or, or yeah, his humorous, his arm. Yeah. Yeah. And he worked out, he put the band on one arm and worked out that one arm and the injured arm, not only did it heal, but it got stronger. So 
with the with a double amputee, let's say they they have no legs to put the bands on or no arms to put the bands on, those endorphins are going to get produced regardless, right? So to some degree, they're going to benefit as well. As long as they have one limb, we're okay. So they need one. So yeah, okay. So yeah, you need one limb. You know, if 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 they're the very very unfortunate who who don't have any limbs at all, and and the and the uh, amputation is very high up on the on the limb. That unfortunately um, we can't do. But you know, because the band is very high up on the arm, even with people with above the elbow or above the knee uh, amputation, we can still have room to put on the band. So, mm-hmm. um, and we have those individuals. Yeah. And um, now it's very interesting. Someone who only has one hand putting on the bands with one arm, that is a little bit tricky, but we we teach these individuals how you can actually put the band on with one arm or one hand. Yeah. Um, and But that happens also with many of our older patients who yeah, have so arthritic pain and other things. They, yeah. they literally, they, the one hand doesn't have the strength at all. Mm-hmm. So we teach those people how you could put on the band with with one hand. Yeah. So carrying this over to other types of pain, as you're saying right now. So moving on from the from the whole amputee set. Now moving on to other types of pain like arthritis, as you you know you keep referring to, or joint pain. Again, so now if we have the body part, both from a pain and healing perspective, we're going to get some benefits. Correct. Correct. And and. Again, uh, I'll say the the 60, 70, 80-year-olds, um, again, the bulk of Katsu users, um, you know, they're, yes, they would like to build muscle, and mm-hmm. many of them do, but they're more worried and the more the, their daily existence is how do I mitigate the pain that I'm experiencing? Mm-hmm. That's really the, if they can eliminate the pain, they can, they can cook their own meal. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I've had uh, individuals again in their seventies and eighties that Steve, like I can finally wash my hair, you know, just the pain of washing my head it w- was too much. Um, and so now those kind of individuals do the same protocols that we teach the amputees in order to help relieve the pain again, temporarily and generally if you're in severe pain, like a recent amputee, three times a day is is sufficient. If you're someone who wakes up with some kind of um, neuropathic pain or, or arthritic pain, you're going to wake up. A lot of our users, Steve, where's my cuts bands right now? I said, I, I don't know. They say on my bedside, yeah. because up with when it. I wake up in the morning, I need to put those on before I go walking around the house. Well, and I would think they, there's even value in putting it on before you go to bed to go to sleep so yeah. that you don't, hopefully that that effect of pain mitigation takes you through the night. So hopefully you don't wake up in pain during the night. Correct. And and if you think about the hormonal release of the human body anyway, yeah, a lot right. of that is happening while you're asleep. And so we do have what we call the, the jet lag uh, protocol or the insomnia protocol for those who have problems sleeping. And that's you put on the bands very, very lightly doing a very, very light application. Um, no vigorous exercise because one of the, one of the um, uh, impacts or effects of vigorous 
katsu is actually um, adrenaline <laughs> release. Yeah, you, don't want, you don't have adrenaline yeah. to be going through your body as you're trying to fall asleep. So we have these people just, you know, if they're going to just rotate their neck, do a little bit of stretching, it's been a hard day at, uh, in the office or they've got issues to work out, just a little bit of stress, um, sort of ignite the parasympathetic nervous system before you go to bed. And, and we've tracked this with, you know, uh, whoop devices, et cetera, uh, oral rings, et cetera. And, you know, it, even for those people, it's, it's, you know, Steve, I just got wait, my, my life is stressful. I'm trying to minimize my stress, but if we can lengthen out the, the, uh, period of time, uh, that they're actually getting into deep REM sleep or actually getting into them REM sleep faster than normal using katsu. That's why these people, uh, swear by katsu. Okay, great. So we have a sleep application we have an amputation, we have pain. And so for all of these things, really, you're just going to use um, probably for a lot of these, it's going to be the lowest setting and you're going to be doing the cycles, right? You're going to be in cycle mode. You're going to have your bands on. And so that means that you're being really, you don't have to do anything. You set it and forget it. And the bands will apply pressure for 30 seconds, release for five and in in as many sets, I think it's anywhere from one to eight eight sets or six sets is the maximum. Yeah. So the way the way the 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 uh, standard katsu cycle works is it's eight eight cycles. Yeah. Each cycle consists of thirty seconds of pressure, five seconds of non pressure. Thirty seconds of pressure, five seconds of non pressure. Now the very very important thing is that that pressure starts very low. Mm -hmm. And each time you do a cycle, the pressure goes up slightly. It goes up slightly. That's very, very important. That's a very key part of our research. But it's not so much that you actually can feel it. No, uh, you feel it, it a little it, bit, but just a little bit. Not in a and, big way. Yeah. Yes. And so the, we call that the progressive cycle. It progressively gets uh, more and more inflated, or the compression gets uh, more. Um, but it's only enough that your capillaries understand that it's mm -hmm. not that you're thinking, Oh, I'm lifting a heck of a lot more weight. Now it just it incrementally more. And that's, that is the fundamental basis of katsu. Mm -hmm. uh, and we just uh, called it the katsu cycle, pressure on pressure off, pressure on pressure off at, um, and 30 second intervals at progressively higher pressure levels. And so for you guys who have never seen Katsu, just so you know, whether it's the app on your phone, if you've, you're lucky enough to have the Bluetooth one, bands, or you've got the little device that I'm holding in my hand here, this is done for you. you this is a set it and forget it. You don't have to do anything here. So, so for before sleep, let's say, would you do, is there a recommended number of cycles that you would, sets you would do, or um, is it kind of up to the individual to, to decide? Yeah, I, I, uh, a lot of it is, especially on, on sleep related, because there's a difference between, let's say, uh, Natalie, you travel to Europe mm -hmm. versus traveling within the Toronto area versus just your regular uh, daily um, existence. So the, the basically the longer uh, your time, dif your jet lag is, or the time difference is, or the more stressful the day is, mm -hmm. then we would recommend 
a longer period of these cut cycles and okay. always start on, on very low. Okay. Some people, um, again, it's sort of a trial and error. Some people just always stay on the low pressure. Some people like low to medium and some people like low, medium to high. Now we do have, let's say, very, very active people. Um, let's say they're a, they're a corporate executive, but they're also a triathlete. Yeah. Let's say they're a young professional in their 30s who's also an avid runner. Well, in their case, they want a little more pressure. Uh, they're, they're, their physiology is just more resilient than, than us older folks. So they will go usually a higher level. But we always recommend starting low and then the person, especially if they have some kind of of device uh, that tracks the, their sleep uh, quality, then they can actually monitor how their the pressure that they use, and and it, it's very individual. And that's uh, on the device that you have, Natalie. We we have a low, medium, high. Mm -hmm. We also have very importantly a custom, mm -hmm. and that's for people, let's say, who are uh, should be lower than low, or that they can be higher than high, and so. Uh, we allow people to customize based on their own needs. So that that one individual who's 35 years old, uh, he or she is a cross-country uh, runner or a cross-country skier, and they traveled from the West Coast of the United States, let's say to London. Yeah. That's a huge time difference. They will probably use a higher pressure than when they were just at their home in the, in the course of their work day. The older person let's say they do the same thing, let's say that 35-year-old's parents, if they travel from the West Coast all the way to London, they may just use all low the whole time. The effect will be the same. It just, the, the body is different for those two individuals. Hey friends, I just want to take a minute to share with you one of the non-negotiable anchors of my longevity stack, spermidine by primidine. Spermidine was used for centuries by ancient Japanese emperors who knew a thing or two about longevity, and it's been a staple in the diets of Okinawan centenarians for, well, centuries. And now, modern science is validating the hows and the why spermidine is a must-have tool in our smart aging arsenal. Not only does it positively impact nine of the 12 hallmarks of aging, but it also triggers beauty from within. Studies demonstrate that it supports hair growth, nail growth, as well as promotes collagen and elastin production. It even modulates circadian rhythm and improves cognition. I have seen these benefits in myself, my clients, and even my parents. This supplement absolutely works. If it sounds too good to be true to you, don't take my word for it. Head over to OxfordHealthSpan.com and read the borderline miraculous reviews from other users. And if you want to try it for yourself, make sure to use code BIONAT15 for a discount. Let's talk a little bit more on the performance side. Let's talk a bit more about you know, if we're, if we're helping the body or stimulating the body to release more growth hormone, that automatically opens up the possibility of using katsu for anabolic purposes. And so basically muscle building. I mean, the way that I use my katsu quite often is I will walk to the, I do these, you know, kind of kickboxing workouts right now. I'm going to be moving more into weightlifting, but let's say I'm going to walk to the gym. I'm going to have my katsu probably on the medium setting for the cyclical mode. So either on my legs or on my arms, I get to the gym and then I will, I will fix the, either the arms or the legs, whatever I'm doing that day to constant pressure. And I will generally do the first three or four stations of my workout. So around 10 to 11 minutes, let's say, 
of constant pressure either on my arms or my legs. And then I take them off and it's like the best part of my workout because that that rush of blood back in and out, you know, that free flow of, of blood is a beautiful thing. (laughs) You kind of been pushing yourself physically. So anyway, so I just, you know, you probably told me to do that at some point and, uh, or I took what you told me and extrapolated it to that. So So what, what is beautiful for me to hear how you're using it is you're using all the different aspects of that device that you're using, mm-hmm. you're using it for a warm up. you're using it for your peak performance, you're using it in the cyclical mode. So pressure on pressure off, you're also using it in the constant mode when there is a constant pressure. Each of those applications has a different impact on your physiology. And so it's basically you're using that device to its full potential. Some I people it after. Pardon me? I also use it after for recovery. Yes. I'll do like a low cycle on the on the back end of my workout. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that that's great. And and that's what the device and what the equipment were was built for. It mm-hmm. was built to be very specific if you have a very specific goal, but also it was built to be very um generic so you can customize it for any of your specific goals. And when I when I speak with, let's say, athletes or teams, it could be high school, college, professional, Olympic, you know, they go through, they understand cycles. They mm-hmm. have a preseason, they have an off season, they have a preseason, they have a, a, a middle season, and they have a championship season if they make the playoffs, or let's say they go to Olympics. And so each of those periods, they're training in different ways. Um, and, and so when I explained the use of katsu for them, you can use katsu before your workout, during your workout, after your workout, in between your matches, whether it's a tennis match, a volleyball match, a water polo match. And so when I speak with the teams and the coaches and the trainers, they understand that they understand that cyclical na- nature of being a competitive athlete and the same thing with working adults. You know, you've got your, you, you, you might have children, you might have a spouse, a partner, you might be uh, working at your home now because of the pandemic, you may be traveling frequently. So each of those has a different application. And that's what we teach with Katsu. Tell us about your lifestyle and yeah. we can recommend how you can fit Katsu in to your lifestyle seamlessly and effectively. Yeah. Well, and as I said to you before, I mean, I've got a lot of different exercise hacks, but ha- katsu is the one that comes with me on every trip. It's easy, right? You The bands line the bag, the little doobie stuffs into a corner. Like it takes up no space. It's a lot of bang for your buck and you can do a body weight workout. But again, I guess going back to my initial question also for people who are now looking for more, who are not necessarily elite athletes, but for regular Joe Blow, who doesn't necessarily have that much time to work out, and we want to get more out of that workout, is it better for us to use it in constant mode during the workout? Or is there an application to use it in the cyclical mode during the workout? Like if you're lifting weights, is it better to have it on constant mode, do your set, get it to release, then reset it? Or would you just have it cycling as you're doing your set? Or there's, you're going to probably tell me there's applications for both. <laughs> yes, it depends. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> and, and the reason why is let's, let, let's take two athletes. Let's take, um, uh, let's take a, again, this 35 year old 
he he or she works in. Uh, let's take a, a thirty-five, a forty-year-old female. Mm-hmm. Uh, she works in the office. She has a single child, and you know she's just busy. Yeah. How does she incorporate katsu into her lifestyle? Mm-hmm. She can actually, like you, take that unit. She can take it to the office. Um, probably if she has a, a, a child in the, uh, that she has to take care of in the morning as she's rushing to get out of the, out of her home, she can actually throw the bands on her arms or legs and literally go about her day, getting herself ready, getting her child ready, getting the lunch prepared, uh, putting on makeup, uh, getting her kid out the door all that time, whether it's in half an hour or hour, she's got the cots bands on her. She's moving. She's moving from the bathroom to the kitchen, to the garage, et cetera. All of that is good movement. It's, it's the best way that that uh, young mother could take care of herself. She's going to be moving around the house anyway. Yeah. Might as well as use katsu. It's not a vigorous workout. She's not going to be perspiring, but vascularly, and actually cardiovascularly, she's working out. So imagine if she lives, let's say in Los Angeles, New York, roughly at sea level. Well, when she has the bands on her legs as she's walking around the house, getting things ready, she's effectively working out or, or preparing herself at let's say two or 3,000 feet of altitude. She's, she's almost doing high altitude training. That in itself is very healthful. Yeah. Um, now, let's say she goes to um, she goes to work. She's got a lunch period. Maybe she scarfs down some food. Maybe she doesn't. Maybe she just walks around the uh, you know the office, or maybe she goes into the corporate gym. She can do like you b- because she's already used the katsu cycle and equipment in the morning. Her vascular system is already prepared. She doesn't have much time, 45 minutes, an hour for lunch. She can, like you, use the katsu constant mode. She could actually use very light weights or no weights whatsoever and just work on the different body parts that she wants to focus on. Maybe it's her glutes. Maybe it's her upper body. Uh, uh, maybe she she slipped walking the dog and maybe she has a, 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 a ankle sprain. Well, put the bands on her legs again and on constant mode and just do whatever therapeutic uh, movements that she can do again, when she goes home, maybe she's just so tired that it's been a hectic day at the office and, and her child came home and she had to take her to tennis practice or what have you. She comes home and she just wiped out. Well, she just wants to chill in front of Netflix or read a book, whatever, throw the bands on her upper body, Psycho mode, do nothing but turn the page or <laughs> look at the And that for her would be an unbelievable workout. And if she does that consistently, meaning five days a week over three weeks, she can measure, she can uh, analyze her body in any way mm-hmm. through blood work, through a tape measure over her hips or her shoulders, whatever she wants to do. And she will see dramatic changes. Interesting. Interesting. That's amazing. Okay. So what about someone who's just a little more focused on performance? So they're going to go to the gym, they're going to do that workout and they're like, Hey, is there a way for me to get more out of my workout? I I have a group of doctors that I'm, that graciously invited me in for brainstorming and stuff. And 
One of them said she has a 70-year-old client that put on lean mass. She put on muscle using katsu, which for a 70-year-old or a 60-year-old, and frankly, even for 50-year-olds, like it starts to get a lot harder for us to build muscle. Like it's, and we've learned that the hard way. It's really depressing because you're like, you know, like if 30, when I was 30 years old, I'd go to the gym for three weeks and I'd look different. And now I go to the gym for three weeks and I feel better, but okay, I'm not looking different because it takes a lot more to to see those visual changes. And for a 70-year-old to be able to put on lean mass is is pretty incredible. So, so I'll address the, the performance issue first, and then I'll address the, the lean, uh, uh, lean muscle mass for the older set uh, secondly. So the yeah. first is, let's take your average American or Canadian or European um, uh, executive manager class, let's say they're 50. Uh, let's say that they uh, occasionally play a game of golf or a game of tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's swinging a golf club or swinging a tennis racket, the speed at which you swing the tennis racket or the golf club generally means that you're going to be playing at a higher level. Right. So if you want to actually increase the golf head speed or your, your serving speed, what we would recommend very much like you is put on the cuts bands, do the cycle mode. When you get either to the driving range or the tennis court, put on constant and literally go, you know, good technique, whether it's the, the racket or the golf club, very good technique and swing overhead or with a golf club in the constant mode probably can't do more than 10 of those mm-hmm. uh the lactate levels will will increase and it, and, and you don't want to be practicing with poor technique or poor right. form you have to be able to maintain form technique is very very important so once that technique starts to go south take off the bands repeat your serve or your swing and you do that repeatedly and you will see and it very easily measured either the, the tennis ball speed or the club head speed, and that will improve. So you can do very, very uh, focused movements, whether it's a swimmer swimming through the, the, the water, whether it's a, a rower, a golfer, a tennis player, very specific movements that you do in the constant mode after you've warmed up with cut cycle that will help the body uh, the body's uh, fat twitch muscles respond in a technically uh, uh, proficient form. Amazing. So we do that all the time, whether it's a, a place kicker in, in football, whether it's a, um, uh, a young soccer player who's learning how to, uh, 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 you know, use his feet, uh, use his or her feet with the ball, whether it's a basketball player learning how to uh, do a, a, a layup with his his or her offhand, Mm -hmm. um, all of those techniques. We also use it for people who play musical instruments, uh, because now, you know, when you, when you do katsu, um, on your arms, your, your fingers get very pink, very red, and that's the engorgement of blood in this area. Well, when that happens, your tactile feel increase, your tactile sensitivity increases very much. So that's a great time to grab a baseball if you're a baseball player and start throwing learning new pitches it's a great time for you to actually uh, work on the piano or the violin so that's that's how we would use it in very very specific athletic movements 
Amazing. And so is there a time limit on having it on constant, like in that restriction, that constant pressure, let's say, is there, is there a max? I've, I don't know why I've got 10 minutes in my head is about as long as you want to go. I'm not sure if that varies per individual and per degree of fitness. Yeah. No, 10 minutes is, is the max. If, if you can do a technique, technically proficient move, for over 10 minutes, then the pressure is not high enough. Right. Okay. Uh, you want you want to you want to teach your butt uh, your body how to uh, swing or move when it's in a, a, a high lactate threshold. Okay. Then when you take it when you take off the band, as you feel, oh, feel so good. You get this relief, yeah. and it it we do this with the basketball players who are trying to you know improve their three point shot or their free throws shoot the free throws with the bands on constant mode. And eventually they'll go from swishing it to the ball bouncing off the rim, take off the bands, take a drink of water, shake out your arms a little bit. They inevitably go back to the free throw line and bam, bam, bam. They're starting to shoot. Um, we've even had NBA players at the uh, NBA dunk, dunking, uh, dunk shot contest. Uh, do katsu before again they understand that there's this phenomenon with beta endorphins with actually having a very elastic uh, vascular system because when they explode up and you know dunk uh, the ball that's where they want to be peak for swimmers again i mean so going back to our triathletes or someone who trains in the pool these you can definitely i know you can set constant pressure on the bands i'm using which is the old the original style that has the the hoses coming out of it those can go in the water no problem you just wouldn't take this little device with you You, you're only constant mode so you might do a couple of repeats in the pool and then take off the bands and then go take a break just like your basketball player example correct so so our olympic athletes will will start the the fastest two points of a swimmer is when they dive off of the diving blocks, starting blocks, and when they do a turn at the end of the wall. Those are the two points where their 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 speed, their velocity peaks. Interesting. Which means if we can increase the speed of their start and increase the speed and strength of their push off the wall, they're going to get faster. Mm-hmm. So that's where we focus so so when you imagine the the athlete like a swimmer or a runner, take anybody who does aerobic, like a triathlete. We, we think about where can we get the most bang for the buck? For that Olympic swimmer, we can, and, and remember, all we need that swimmer to do is be one-tenth faster because okay. that could be the difference between Olympic gold and Olympic silver. And so we focus on the start and turn. And then we do something that, that is actually um, uh, more psychological, Mm-hmm. And that is we work on race pain, not race pace, but race pain. And every athlete who's ever run a mile uh, in college or competitively run a 10K, run a marathon or swum in the pool, um, they know that that last part of the race is quite painful. You're, you're breathing heavy, your heart is pumping, your muscles are aching, and you Coaches all always say, well, push through the pain, you know, go through the barrier, you know, make it hurt, go beyond. Well, with Katsu, in that 10 minutes, 
we can replicate the race pain that they face in a competition. So we take their practice and in those 10 minutes, we teach the athlete how that pain, how they can utilize that pain or what they'd be thinking about as they're swimming that last lap or running around the curve on a track. And uh, that has been sort of our race pain protocol. We mm-hmm. don't do it for very long because you basically can't, but it's that last little bit that is the difference between that high school kid getting a college scholarship or that college a, a college athlete getting, let's say, a sponsorship or drafted or someone at the Olympics actually qualifying for the finals or meddling. Yeah. So, it's that, it's that again, kick. very specific applications. That kick. Yeah. That's amazing. Is there anything else? You did mention the 70 year old who increased her yes. lean yeah. uh, muscle mass. So we've done testing and the oldest person that we wanted to disprove or, or not disprove, you wanted to, to show uh, and demonstrate that sarcopenia mm-hmm. isn't an inevitable fact. So that loss of muscle mass as we age, we wanted to demonstrate with Katsu that sarcopenia wasn't inevitable, that we would not all have to face this. So our oldest patient, which was very well documented, was 104 years old. Yes. We had MRI images of her, we had functional movement with her, and she gained a significant muscle mass at 104 years old. Yes. And so, you know, and we le- we know at least if you're up to 104, that with katsu, conveniently safe katsu done repeatedly, um, you can build a muscle mass even at 104. And at that point, I mean, whether you're 104, 90 or 80 or backing it up, like building muscle mass is what's standing between you and the life you want to be living and not falling and breaking your hip or, you know, going out and just enjoying your life, going on a hiking holiday instead of a, I don't know, sit at the buffet cruise holiday because that's all you can kind of do, right? Like, I think that as, you know, as people... I think as our society goes here, our expectations for our later decades are going up. Like, oh, you know, absolutely. None of us have any intention of slowing down. You know, the whole point of working this hard now is to is to be able to keep traveling and doing cool things and and exploring the world and maintaining that muscle mass and functionality and the cardiovascular system, the health of that circulatory system, which feeds the brain and the heart and, and all the things it's central to all of these things. And, and we've learned that we're dealing with the paraplegics, right. you know, quite often they say, Steve, I just want to go to the bathroom without a caretaker or my spells having to take me over there. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to walk into a shower without someone else having to attend to me. Yeah. Um, I, and, and, you know, I, we deal with a lot of 80, 90 year olds who say, Steve, you know, I can get up and down, uh, get up and off the toilet without too much problem. Yeah. You know, we have, I I've had people tell me like, I live in a two story house and I haven't been up to the two, second story for years. And now with Katsu, I can make it up the stairs. So, you know, yeah. being able to get a, 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 you know, a milk from the, uh, the, from the uh, supermarket and carry your own bags out of the thing for a lot of people, when you lose that ability, you suddenly 
appreciate the ability to do this stuff, let alone travel, let alone the stuff that, you know, the kickboxing you do, just regular old functional stuff, you know, uh, putting on mascara, you know, uh, uh, putting gel in your hair, whatever it is, putting uh, earrings on. I mean, for a lot of the people with different kinds of pain and, and, and last, uh, opening up a jar of, of peanut butter or butter, whatever it is, um, Grip strength is a massive issue with aging, right? Grip yes. Gate and sit to stand. Yes. Yes. So, so when people come to us and say, you know, how can I use katsu? I we always ask them, what do you want? What do you want to achieve in your life? What's your goal? And um, and they tell you know they tell us and we go, okay, then why don't you start off with these applications? And they go, great. Inevitably, two months later, they go, okay. I can do that now. Uh, what other things can I do? Now what? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's always very satisfying. That's amazing. So what's the best place for people to go for different types of protocols? Because we've talked about a lot of different things here today. Um, there's going to be somebody out there who's going to be, yeah, but what about when I want to blank, right? Yes. So how do I do it for this sport or that? So I know you have an extensive website. And and recently, in the last few months, somebody sent me a manual. I think yes. it's Mark. Yes, yes. Mark, he rewrote yes. the manual a, or something like that. We have that. a 73-page manual. It's yeah. 200, it's almost 300 pages long. It's yeah. it's it, you know, sometimes because we have all of these different applications, it gets a little too much. Um, and someone says, Well, you just sent me this huge manual with all these applications. All I want to know is one. <laughs> and so we provide that through through telephone, through text, through um uh, you know, email. So uh, if someone has a very specific question, they can always email info at katsu.com or call our, our uh, toll-free number or speak to people if you are in Canada, like Mark, uh, who is um, who is an unbelievable um, resource of Katsu up in uh, in the Canadian area. He's such a champion for Katsu. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> he's wearing his Katsu while he's gardening for his mother and yes. all the things. Like he's... He's amazing. He's a real, yes. he's actually a yeah. gift in Canada. So, okay. So anything else? The whole new system. Yeah. Yes. The whole new system. And and so we have a, a, the system you have, we call the C3. C yeah. stands for cycle. The new system we just came out with is called B1. B stands for Bluetooth. Mm -hmm. uh, now there's some people who don't want to use Bluetooth and that's fine. We respect that. But the, the difference with the Bluetooth is it no longer has connector tubes. Yeah. I'm and so, yes, you get rid of those. Yeah. And the bands inflate and deflate based on our algorithms off of your, uh, either your Android or iPhone. Amazing. Now, what's really interesting is all the data that, um, that you input mm -hmm. is stored in the cloud. What is really, really um uh, important is that let's say you were advised by a physician, a physical therapist, a coach, someone to do katsu. Well, you can share your data with that individual. Hmm. Why is that important? Because people on workers comp, people who get injured at work, they could be a professional athlete. Now their coach or trainer or physician, they can confirm that that individual is using katsu. Right. They don't have to see them every day. They can confirm, though, that they're using katsu. And we know through our research, if you're using katsu, 
well, you're going to improve. If you're using katsu twice a day and you're injured, you're going to be improving faster. So it, it's sort of big brotherish, if you will. And it can, this is all an opt-in. It's voluntary opt-in. big brother. Yes, it's a voluntary <laughs> big brother. And a lot of people use it. They just, they don't necessarily share it with a, a coach or a physician. They will share their data with their training buddy. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is what I did today. What did you do today? And they, they both see each other's information. So this system allows uh, same same process. The bands are the same, but there's just no more tubes. And the data is now stored either on your phone, obviously through the cloud on your phone, and you can share that data with other people. Love and it. so uh, that's been um uh, a lot of people like that um, because, for example, now a husband and wife or or two training buddies, they can buy one system. Person A uses the arms, person B uses the legs at the same time, and they're both operating it off of their own uh, iPhones or Android phones. And so um, that's been a really interesting uh, new application for us, whereas before, Natalie, as you know, with your device, you can't share it with someone. You're using it, and it, yeah, it's it's only one 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 user at a time. Now with the new system, you can have as many, literally, as four people using the two arm bands and two leg bands, and all getting the same workout uh, with the data going in on their phone. So, question for you is on the Bluetooth ones that you can't take like the. Um, the mechanism that is on the band that receives the Bluetooth and manages the pressure of the band that can't be removed and put on a different size band, right? Like that, that's, that's on that one. No, uh, As my husband and I, for example, we use different size bands. We can't, he's, he's a lot bigger than I am. And yeah. Yeah. So the different size bands. Yes. Yeah. So um, if, if, if uh, your partner, your spouse is much bigger than you, then yeah, there the band sizes need to be changed. It's sort of like socks or underwear. You know, you gotta yeah, kind of can gotta wear what's appropriate for you. No, no, but I was just wondering because it's it's definitely there's a component uh, band. Yeah. Okay. I I think I misunderstood your question. So this is the what we call the wearable device. Yeah. Now this device itself, this can be you can share this with your husband. Okay, so, so you he can put take, that on his own bands. Correct. That's what I was so asking. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. So you take this device, you use it, yeah. and then you take it off, and then he uses it with uh, with his. Cool. So then, okay, all right. So you can buy a second set of bands without the device and just share the device if if that's your jam. Right. And 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 some people do the the reverse. Some people have bands, but they don't have enough of these, so they buy. You can buy just one of these if you want. Mm-hmm. Um. And then you you apply it for your own band again because we have sometimes we have uh, amputees with only one arm. Yeah, yeah. So it's modular. And, and so, um, or we have um, uh, universities that they universities or or uh, military uh, groups, and they just buy a bunch of these, keep them in a central location, and, and the individuals come in and they they use this as they like. Cool. All right. Well, we did not succeed on my one hour target. Oh. 
about that's that. okay. We had a fascinating conversation. We covered a lot of ground. So there's people, you have the option still but between the C3 and the B1, depending on your needs. I, I think the B1 system is a little bit more money, but it's not that much more. I mean, it's it's a bit more. And if you think about if you're two people using it and you're just buying the four the four units and then your separate bands, you're probably yeah. going to save a bit of money there. But Steve? Did we leave yes. anything out? Is there anything else you want to cover? Or we're just going to tell people where to find you. We're going to give them a discount code and all that. Yes. Uh, I mean, you know, I really love what I do because I hear a success story, success story, or a challenge every single day, mm-hmm. 365 days a year. And, um, you know, when we get, when we generate this Katsu smile, um, it, it is so valuable. It, it, it keeps me going. It keeps everybody in our company going. But if people have any specific interests or specific questions, they can always email or call us, email at info at katsu.com. We have a lot of stuff on our website. Um, I apologize. It's just, it's voluminous. All right. um, and if you, if you have a specific question, again, just reach out to us and, and we will do our best to answer you quickly and as comprehensively as we, we can. Amazing. And uh, for the audience, we have a discount code of, that is NAT10, which will save you 10% off what yes. you decide to buy. You know what? Get your katsu and post some pictures on social media. I always get great views. Like people love seeing that stuff. I think it's, uh, and actually, one thing we didn't talk about is even using it on the plane yeah. uh, while you're flying because there's, there's issues. You know, there can be blood flow issues, whatnot on planes and wearing katsu, I'm sure very lightly on cycle mode. Yes. Nice way to mitigate some of those plane ride. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I, uh, we, it was very interesting how we discovered that it was, uh, we were on a flight and um, we had our, you know, pulse oximeter um, on and, and uh, we put it on as we we're doing katsu, and our SpO two, our oxygen saturation, increased at thirty thousand feet altitude. Amazing! Now that is opposite of what yeah. everything does. And uh, so, um, once we did that, we were doing you know many more um, experiments. The um, uh, IOC sports scientists uh, did a study on jet mitigation that was published. Uh, think last year. And so, um, yeah, if you're traveling from, you know, anywhere in the world, across the Pacific, across the Atlantic, or from North America down to South America, or vice versa, um, it really is, um, has all different kinds of applications in that travel fatigue, jet lag uh, mitigation. If you have any specific questions, you can just reach out. Amazing. A pleasure as always. And I look forward to when we bump into each other again. Take care. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, natnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application. Just answer a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again. And we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.